Episode 52, The Last Stand, Part 1. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten Podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva, and Twy as Deer. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now... Let's get right to Ravenloft. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten, the show where five DMs take on D&D's top Gothicar campaign. As always, I'm Dragnacarta, your host and DM, and it has been a hell of a ride to get here, but I think we've just about finally arrived. What would you all say? Do we, do we have to? Yeah, like, well, let's just take I a feel like we could rest. probably stretch this for another 15 sessions if we really wanted to. I mean, yeah. we know how to. Look at House of De- uh, Death House. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if we all stay in like, one room. We haven't visited the swamp yet. You're right. We gotta see Oh, uh, We gotta, we, see we gotta go to the windmill, too. Yeah, let's go Let's go to the brazier. Let's get, let's get also, out of here. Also the werewolf den. Don't forget the werewolf den. I'd like to forget yes. the werewolf den. Yes. No, we should go there. Are you just like checking off your your like the list of errands that you haven't done yet just to get an excuse to get out of like taking a math test or something? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. also Metron is really into seeing the child fighting pit in the werewolf den. Uh, he's got five bucks on that one. Yeah, let's go. What is it, a tourist attraction? Yeah. You Pretty know much. that like the moment we end this campaign, everybody's going to be like, which episode did they go to the werewolf den? I want to see how Dragner does the Babalai Saga voice. <laughs> I'm tempted to just say, "All right, fine, I'll, I'll do all my narration in Bobbly Saga voice." But please, please do. Please. No, no. There's only one voice that you need to bring back. <laughs> oh now yes, at there's the only end. one. Only the there's one. only one. Swahadan. Yes. Swahadan is I the only so. voice that should come back. I actually forget what Swahadan sounds like. It's like a, how dare you? Archives. You know what it, it is. is deep down. Beautifully, incredibly obnoxious. Fantastic. Well. I can promise that, unfortunately, Swahadan will likely not make an appearance this episode, nor will Babali Saga, nor will the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s hit All-Star. But what I can promise is that there may or may not be at least one vampire. So, compromise. Well, I'd hope so, because we killed everyone else! (laughs) God. (laughs) Alright, well, I think we're ready to get settled in, or at least dive in as best we can, so... Thank you all for coming by. Thank you for sticking with us. And let's get started with Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. A striking elven female with an almost ritualized poise, Kiva Cyrilai always endeavors to be a level-headed mediator and a soothing presence in the lives of all she meets. Determined to look ever forward, she relies on controlling day-to-day chaos. Anyone who watches her for long enough, however, 
can clearly see there's something undeniably feral and unpredictable bubbling under the surface. In the company of these fine strangers, he is just Metreon. But across the Sword Coast, he's known as Metreon the Magnificent. He is a tiefling whose body and dress carry the signatures of a nomadic performer, as evidenced by the rougher edges of his costume and his sinewy frame covered in faded tattoos. Though he may not look like a typical magician, rest assured, he cleans up quite handsomely. The well-dressed, well-spoken half-elf who introduced herself as Lilisem has stayed away from the rest of the traveling group during the journey so far. Oh, she's friendly enough if someone strikes up a conversation with her. Charming, even. But left to her own devices, she invariably keeps to herself, and even looks nervous when anyone comes within ten feet of her. Amity, a terrifying deviloid with a tail that will knock your drink over if she gets too excited. Even worse, some pig follows her around and eats almost as much as she does. Yet, she's generous and easy to befriend, especially if you get her talking about her book of fables. Just, if she compares you to a fox, it's hard to tell if that's a compliment. Erythrandir is a high elf man who looks perpetually like he's never quite gotten enough sleep. After his departure from elven society, he found himself out in the wilderness, working as a ranger in the deep, deep woods. However, this did little to quell his passion for history, and he's found himself on the road to Neverwinter, hoping to track down a book that might hold the answer to a question he's held for a long, long time. And welcome back, everyone. So, last we left off on Twice Bitten. Making their way into the ancient castle, Castle Ravenloft, our companions and unlikely but now determined heroes set about exploring the catacombs, looting them for magic items and other unique entities of note, among them Strahd's own coffin, which Kiva led the battle to destroy, as well as a trio of vampiric brides that had dwelled beneath. After attaining ancient knowledge from a dibbuk that had possessed Rahadin's body, the companions obtained new knowledge of the traps, magic, and layout of the castle that lay above and around them. After a brief encounter with Petrina's banshee form that left Casimir unconscious and bound in a crypt behind them, the heroes continued onward, now one down, their hearts sorrowed and somber by the tinge of betrayal, but regrouped nonetheless and set forth, ascending through the castle, traversing a trapped chute, sacrificing a ladder and a beloved rowboat in the process. After ignoring an offer of wine from an unseen servant, the party discovered an enchanted brazier that appeared capable of teleportation, though exactly where they knew not to. They kept it on the back burner for now, however, continuing onward and upward, though removing some of the stones that appeared to activate it, and after encountering a trio of enthusiastic Barovian villagers set on killing Strahd and removing the vamp vampiric threat from their homeland, the party managed to convince the three to remain behind, while the companions themselves continued upward, 
toward Strahd's treasury. Passing beyond a ludicrous number of secret hidden doors and thankfully managing to evade any contact with giant spiders that may or may not have lurked in the castle's belfry, our heroes recovered a treasure trove of artifacts, among them a valuable helm of brilliance and a source of infinite mayonnaise. Together, they decided to use the power of these items and travel ascending to the tower in which Strahd's Heart of Sorrow dwelled, in which they could destroy it and weaken him before their final encounter. The heart itself and the animated swords that guarded it were dispatched easily, as well as the reinforcements of vampires that came after them. Now, our heroes find themselves pausing for a moment in the now darkened tower where the Heart of Sorrow once dwelled, preparing themselves to continue onward through Strahd's ancient keep. Behind you, across the way, you can faintly see the door leading back into the passageway that led into, the, into Strahd's study and the hidden treasuries beyond. Far, far below, you can see these spiral stairs descending down toward a staircase at the base of this tall, mighty tower. The stairs continue to stretch above you, vanishing soon thereafter upon reaching the landing, the heart itself once dwelled. The floor of the tower is almost reflective, glittering like dark crimson blood from far, far below. But for now, save for the dripping of rainwater and the crackle of thunder outside the walls of this now silent tower, you will find yourselves quite alone. Uh, Metrion looks over at Randy. Oi. What is it? You still don't know the uh, prestigitation thing, right? Unfortunately not. And uh, Metreon just looks down at himself, still in Sergei guys, but just drenched in blood. Oh shit! Here I, fuck! I already ruined this cloak. I already ruined this cloak. As he throws the cloak that he used to let Amity dry off the blood that was puked over her a few episodes ago to give to Metreon. Amity shouts telepathically. They, they know where we are. We've got to move. She's looking across the yawning parapets for movements in the courtyard or in other parts of the castle. All right, Linus, perception check. That is a six, clouded out. Okay. Looking around, there's not over much to see. You can see the slightly shifting shadows in the darkened corridors that you haven't quite explored. You can see the clouds swirling overhead in the distance across the walls and parapets of the keep. But on the whole... But it seems to be nothing here for the moment. Where do we go now? They gotta they got away. They gotta be going to get straw. Which means what? it's we gotta go do this. I think we should just cut them off before they get there. Damn right. Chapel, right? I believe so. Yeah, that's where it is. Is he really ready to do this? I'm not going to be more ready, I'll put it that way. If we don't do this now, it gives him time to regroup. 
-hmm. It's now or never. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. Kiva goes over and squeezes Metreon's shoulder, just encouragingly. You see that he's got like a little bit of a glassiness to his eyes right now. Uh, the eyes that are now kind of like that dark blue color that Sergei has. Um, and there's a moment where his eyes flash back to his golden tiefling eyes, and you can kind of see more of that glassy tearfulness kind of starting to will up. Kiva just um, presses her shoulder, or forehead into his like bloodied still shoulder and uh, just whispers, you can do this. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're right here with you. And uh, with that, she's gonna take the sun sword and I guess follow whoever is leading the way back to the chapel. Amity will dog ear the dimension door page of her spell book and cast a few healing spells on herself because good lord she needs it <laughs> and also delve on the spirit table as we uh, go towards the chapter chapel okay so Actually, are you looking to take a particular route you can look at your notes uh yes what's that metreon uh well if amity's okay with it um as metreon sees her kind of flipping through a book and readying to cast those healing spells um oh I don't want you to use up all your resources, so uh, maybe maybe this will help. And uh, he puts his hand. Wait, on wait! It. If you're if you're gonna like cast an actual spell, you only have two of those, right? No, no it's not a spell. It's uh, oh. it's just a gift. And uh, how bad are you hurt? Like five out of ten. Okay. Um, he will give you some healing then. You get 10 points of healing. I don't know if that does anything, but... That does do something. Nice. Um, also, did you remember to take that out of your temp HP? Uh... Or, sorry, I just, I know, I've, I've, like, the temp I HP from... I have temp HP, um, but I also have some missing actual HP. No, that's fair. I'm sorry. I just misunderstood. Okay. Great. Um... Thanks. <laughs> if if things start to go really south, then um, maybe us two, we can just get out. I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think that's going to happen. No, I mean, I can only take, uh, Amity looks at Aerithrin Deer. You know what, I, I, I hope I won't have to teleport away and choose one person to bring with me. Ugh. Um, anyway, Dar that's... I've, go. I've got a haste spell. If you're taking any one, take Metreon. It already bites your lips. It's not going to work out that way anyway. Right. But if it does, save who you can. And I'll meet you on the other side. What's Lillison like right now? Lillison is uh, basically just standing and staring off into the rain. You're with us, right? Yes, of course. 
And you see that there's this doubting, this like scrutinizing, doubting look in Metreon's eyes uh, as he's looking at you, looking into the rain. Lillison does not seem to notice. Her attention appears to be almost com- completely elsewhere, actually. I don't want to swing you around. I know you don't like me touch, but I need you to. I need to. I need to see your eyes. I need to say that you's that you's a part of this. If you must. Um, and she turns to look fully at you, and uh, you can see that she is maybe starting to cry. All right. Yeah. Me too. Where... Where are we going now? KV said the chapel, right? Yeah, that's where, um... That's where Madame Ava said he would be, so I think that's where we need to go. Let's go. How are the NPCs feeling? (laughs) Regarding... Health-wise, or regarding well, health-wise, but also just you know we're about to fucking face our imminent doom. All good. Uh, they're all looking pretty peachy keen uh, health-wise. Haven't really taken much damage since the last skirmish. Davian is looking a little bit paranoid, similar to Amity. He's just still keeping an eye out, occasionally peeking out to the parapets and wincing a little bit when the lightning flashes. Esmeralda is just waiting patiently, occasionally hands twitching toward her rapier. Irina is waiting quietly, but looking determined, and Ismark is just looking thoughtful. Esmeralda coughs and says, Heitzen, I suppose we are as ready as we'll ever be. We have that map that the demons will, yes? What's yep. the fastest way down? What is the fastest way down, Dean? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. The fastest way down to the chapel from here, or at least the most direct route, would be passing back into the study, passing through what's marked dining hall, descending two flights of stairs to the first floor, passing through the main entry, passing through another hallway, and coming out into the chapel on the other side. This is not a welcoming designed castle. Wait. I'm very glad that you answered fastest safe way down. I didn't say anything about that. Well, I was kind of expecting, you know, go outside, you know, drop down from where you are onto the tower down to the main courtyard and... Oh, that's technically true. Aerith looks thoughtful. You know, we can just do that. Do what? Just drop. I've got Featherfall. We can just head down and head in the front door. Didn't they say that, like, certain death would meet us in the courtyard if we went back there? Uh, no, it was if we went back into the entrance chamber from inside the castle, I think. Hmm. I mean, spare the spell slot, I'd say go for it, but if not, we can just walk. We've handled everything else decently well so far. Aerith looks at his, sort of assesses remaining resources and grimaces. 
Then let's walk. I'm tapped out. Davian raises a hand. Don't you still have a fucking... The, the little metal thing you put on the rope? Grappling... God damn it, how do I keep forgetting I have that? Yes, I do. Alright, that's sensible. That's... Alright. <laughs> Give me a moment as Aerith heads out into the pouring rain and begins tying off one end of the rope on a parapet. Thank the fucking mo Morning, Lord. You finally you actually had that. Otherwise, you'd spare me the indignity of having to escort you down one by one. <laughs> you should be so lucky to have to escort us down one by one. We're sort of special, you know. Yeah. Powerful vampire killers. Are glass. It ain't easy, you know. Kills my back. He just gives him a nice smile. All right, ropes tied. Just climb careful. It's real slippery. Davian nods. You feel like I wouldn't mind staying up here to dislodge it if you want to bring it back with you? That'd be obliged. Sure. Actually, it might... Be, no, keep it. It might be nice to have a route back up here if things go sour. All right, as you wish. That we don't want you hurting your back, you know, lifting a heavy grappling hook all by yourself. Yeah. Poor old man yeah. can't hurt your arthritic wings. Davian snorts, but then pauses and gives the two of you a not quite mournful, non quite affectionate look. But close enough. Oh. He says You bloody idiots be careful down there, alright? Kiva does that like hug that a son who's sort of estranged from his father will do, where it's just like the hard pat on the back, like, yeah, okay, this is yeah, yeah, right. as emotional as we'll get. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, you're gonna wait till after the rope fucking rots away in the storm? Come on! Kiva will dramatically Lara Croft her way down the rope to the courtyard below. Excellent. Yeah, uh. Yep. Um, yeah, Mitran's gonna use the cloak that Aerithander gave him to kind of like pad his hands and then just slide down. Sure. So, actually, if possible, as the others make their way down, Ismark will tap Metrion's shoulder and just kind of put a hand there. <gasps> yeah. Before we go down, it, this is not exactly the best place, but um, do you have a quick minute? Yeah, and when he says that, the um, surrogate disguise kind of flakes away. He's still bloody as all hell, but uh, the disguise at least withers. Right. <clears throat> um, well, well, this is um, admittedly a bit, bit not the best place, but um, obviously these past weeks have been a hurrying experience for us all. Um, for me, it's been Irina watching every shadow for Zarevich to appear, and as for you, you've gone through a lot on your own. I, I would not presume to qualify. Um, but, Vil, Elix's lips. I have been training for this moment for a long, long time, but after seeing what you all did in there and seeing what we've managed to attain and achieve, I. I think I'm actually starting to think we might have a chance to win. Is, is that is that mad of me? Is that is that insane? No, no, it's, it's not insane. Um, 
No, I mean, some of us are more capable than others, but yeah. Right, good. Um, with that said, um, the possibility of winning means that there might be a day after today. And, well, I know that I am not the most unobservant person, but I do notice some things, and, Phil, I thought I might ask if we make it to tomorrow. Metron just like to reaches up and puts his hands on Bismarck's cheeks, the upper cheeks, not the lower ones. Um, just kind of looks him in the eyes very sincerely. And he doesn't say anything. Just kind of like rubs his, like rubs the uh, the area under his eye a little bit with his thumb. Can I? As Mark pauses, swallows, and says, smiling very shakily, as much as I would like to. Once the vampire is dead, then absolutely. But uh, if you don't mind, perhaps it will be a motivating force for me, yes? Yeah, yeah it will be. And kind of pats him on the cheek a bit, like playfully, smiles and uh, goes towards the edge of the cliff or the, at the edge of the steps where the grappling hook is and looks back at him again just one final time and smiles and uh, puts back on his serrated disguise and slips down the rope. Ismark watches him, watches him go, and it's for that reason, as Metreon uh, slides down the rope, that he does not see Irina come up and affectionately bonk her brother on the back of the head before making <laughs> alongside him. And so the group of you descend your way into the courtyard and arriving here, judging on where you are, just triangulating very briefly. I believe you find yourselves at the front portion of the keep yards. And I should have that right around here. You descend the rope, setting yourselves down into the courtyard proper of the castle. From here, you can see that a massive wall juts out to connect the outer walls of the castle with a keep. A 20-foot-wide, 20-foot-tall archway offering passage through the connecting wall, blocked by a rusting iron portcullis. Off toward the southern side of the courtyard, you can see another wing of the space leading around the opposite side of the keep, as well as the main entrance of the castle, should you like to approach it. On the far side, you can see the main exit, or entrance from which you came, the drawbridge leading out to the castle space. You remember this space as the one that you first entered upon entering the castle, but now there's an atmosphere of tension, of readiness, as you prepare to set forth to the doors that you once ignored. Will you proceed forward? Yep. Very good. 
Passing into the front center of the courtyard, the thick, cold fog swirling around you, you can see the sporadic flashes of lightning lancing the weeping clouds overhead as the thunder shakes the ground. And then you can see, once more, greeting you warmly, the torch flames fluttering on each side of the keep's main doors. But now they don't seem cheery, they seem mocking. Enter, they say. Come forth. Lay yourselves in your graves. Above the entrance, you can see the round, broken window, the shards of broken glass, and within, the warm light spilling out from the entrance. You step forward and pass through the main doors of Castle Ravenloft. Beyond the ornate outer doors of the castle, you see a second set of doors approaching you. Overhead in the vaulted entry foyer, you can see four statues of dragons glaring down, their eyes flickering in the torchlight, a shiver running down your spines at the sight. And as you approach, the doors in front of you suddenly swing open, revealing a grand hall filled with the sound of organ music. Cobwebs stretched between the columns that support the vaulted ceiling of a great, dusty hall, dimly lit by sputtering torches and iron sconces. The torches cast odd shadows across the faces of eight stone gargoyles, squatting motionlessly on the rim of the domed ceiling. Cracked and faded ceiling frescoes are covered by decay. Double doors of, bra doors of bronze stand closed to the east, and to the north, a wide staircase climbs into darkness. A lit hallway to the south contains another set of bronze doors through which you hear sad and majestic organ tones. According to the map, the route to the chapel leads straight ahead. On we march. Yep. Let's go. And onward you shall march. Opening the doors to the next chamber, you find a grand hall choked with dust that stretches into the darkness ahead. Webs hang from the arched ceiling like drapes, and life-size statues of knights line the hallway on both sides, their eyes seeming to watch you. At the very end, above the doors leading forward, you can see a symbol of beaten bronze that resembles a rising, or perhaps a setting, sun. The doors stand closed, the organ music raging against the backdrop of the storm outside as the music and the rain slowly fade. According to your map, the chapel lies just beyond these doors. Earth looks back at the others, swallows. Are y'all ready? Because I'm sure as fuck not. Fuck no, I'm not. Um, can we <laughs> prepare an action? Or is that too much to ask? I'm afraid you cannot prepare any actions until we roll initiative, if we roll initiative. Understood. But if you'd okay. like to Kiva's... preemptively cast some sort of spell, you may do so. No, Kiva's just going to um, hold the holy symbol in one hand and the sun sword in the other, making sure that it's like full Jedi lightsaber action and uh, 
stand like close to the door, ready to just kick it in. Lillison looks back over her shoulder and she says, what, what was it that we were told about the dangers of trying to come back this way? Statues, I think. So we'll have to find another way out, presuming we don't kill him in there. Well, presuming that we do, we will still need to find a way out. Then we'll break a window. Amity holds up the gilded, um, in, in gemstoned skull and says, You who wish to be free, join us in battle. Casting Summon Undead. Nice. Okay. Hell yeah. Which form are you choosing for it to take? Obviously, ghostly. Very good. Ghostly undead. And with that, a ethereal golden mist begins to rise from the earth, forming up from the tile stone of Ravenloft itself, until you see a strangely luminescent figure clad in golden brown gray smokes, eyes blinded as if by a strip of cloth around them, a pair of wings upon either side that appear almost like threads rather than feathered, and in one hand, a blade that glints with darkened sunlight. You got us fallen angel. Kind of appropriate. Thanks, darling. Yeah, but he's starting to tear up a little bit and just tries to, I don't know, she she just holds Deer very hard. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing my grappling. <laughs> just kicking the door. Aerith hugs her back. Well, I have no intention of getting out of this one. As he could. I love you. And he's going to give her a die of bardic inspiration. Whenever we're ready. Oh, let's fucking go. Um, alright, should should Kiva just smash in that fucking door? What's our marching order? Yeah, that's good to decide. Uh Kiva's in front. Earth and Deer's behind. Amity next. Lilson's near the back, but closer to the middle than the back. Uh yeah, Metron will be behind her, but with like Irina and Ismark. Well, unless Ismark is towards the front too, because he's a frontline kind of guy. Well, should we have Sergei bust in with the sun sword by the side? <laughs> I mean, if we really want to fuck with him, I'm totally down. Listen, I think there's no better way to start this off than to have Sergei bust through some fucking chapel doors. Let's, Let's do it. it. Uh, so marching order is then... Me, <laughs> Metreon, Kiva, Erthrandir, um, Amity. Erthrandir. Do we want Ismerilda up close to the front, though? I think at this point we'll have enough time to reorient that it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. All right. So, making way for Sergei, Kiva is going to, with all of her strength, 
kick the doors to the chapel open. You kick the doors open. They crash and splinter, revealing the space beyond as they fling wide, and the organ music immediately stops. In the room beyond, dim colored light filters through tall, broken, boarded up windows of stained glass, illuminating the ancient chapel of Ravenloft. A few bats flutter about near the top of the 90 foot high domed ceiling, a balcony running the length of the west wall 50 feet above the floor. In the center of the balcony, two dark shapes are slumped in tall chairs. Benches coated with centuries of dust lie about the floor in jumbled disarray, and beyond this debris, lit by a piercing shaft of light, an altar stands upon a stone platform. The sides of the altar are carved with bas-reliefs of angelic figures entwined with grapevines, the light from above falling directly upon a silver statuette. A cloaked figure is draped over the altar, and a black mace lies on the floor near its feet. There's a crackle of thunder. Do you enter the chamber? Yeah. 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 You step inside, the debris crunching under your feet, the pews sitting silently, faintly illuminated by the flickering blazing sunlight of the sun sword. You can hear your every breath. You can hear the beads of sweat that trip down your foreheads as your tortured breaths come one after the other. And then another flash of light from the lightning outside booms with the trembles of thunder. And in that moment, on the south side of the hall, you see a dark shape in the vast chamber. Step forward. You instantly recognize, illuminated very faintly by the lightning and then by the grayscale of your dark vision, as it may be the flickering of the sunlight away from which he stands, the pale flesh, the crimson eyes, the widow's peak running elegantly, dark hair above his scalp. You can see from here, the blood red ruby at his throat, the dark cloak that he bears, and the fangs that poke ever so faintly over his lip, just beyond the flickering light of the sun sword. Metreon steps up with Kiva at one side and Erythendir at the other. He just looks up at him with a smile. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> Good evening, Strahd says, chuckling softly. It seems that our uninvited guests have made their way to where they shouldn't be found at last. You no, know, had... I'm pretty sure you invited us, actually. The rules of guest right, as I recall them, do not include the slaughter of one's host's servants, the 
defacement and debasement of the property in which the invitation lies, but no matter. It pleases me to see you here, and, well, it's been quite a path, has it not? If you're looking for some sort of sympathy or some sort of understanding, you can look somewhere the fuck else. Oh no, I assure you, the only understanding I need, I already have. Though, I must confess there is one point of order that had befuddled me before your friend opened his mouth. You had seemed to have misplaced two of your companions acquiring a third, but I hear now that one of them is well in hand. As for the third, the other that you had lost, I cannot help but wonder, what became of that pathetic excuse for an elf you carried behind you? He's waiting down below to eat your scraps, I suppose. Is he now? I was under the impression that Dusk Elves had little appetite for anything these days. Perhaps I'll go find his corpse or whatever has been left of him down below. You'll have to get past us first, though, won't you? My dear, that spark of defiance in your voice is a delicacy, I assure you, but I've seen the look in your eyes many times before. But I have filled my graveyards with fools such as you. He nods briefly toward the corpse on the altar. Outsiders, invaders, playthings. All you need to know is this. On the day you pass beneath my gaze, the mists fell about you like a funeral shroud, and in that moment, Barovia became your tomb. For all your defiance, you are correct about one thing. I am, indeed, the late Strahd von Zarevich. But fear not, for soon you will be late as well. I think we're right on time. Yeah, and do you mind then if I take your coffin room downstairs? Because it's actually empty now, so if you're going to just store bodies, I might as well take your room, right? <laughs> you and your friends take quite the glee in testing patience. But let me tell you this, if you are trying to impress or anger me, and he see you see one fang and a cold glint in his eye poking through, you have failed. But if you've come to insult me, then please accept my congratulations, for you have succeeded admirably. No. Yeah, Kiva looks around the others and is like, I think that deserves us a round of applause then, doesn't it? We're here to kill you. The has rest he, is ancillary. <laughs> has he seemed to react at all to Sergei, or is he just taking that in stride as well? Make an insight check. Ooh. Can, can multiple people like do that? Because I'm so By all means. Seven. That's got to beat Strahd's deception. 17. <laughs> 17. All right, so Amity does not notice much, but Kiva and Lillison, you notice that every so often, Every few words, Strahd's gaze flickers toward Metreon, and his expression becomes one of just barely disguised, cold, disgusted hate. Are you okay there, love? You look a little uncomfortable. 
please. Uncomfortable. He spreads his arms wide and barks a laugh. You come here in my home and seek to kill me and call me uncomfortable. My dear, I've danced this song for centuries. But you talk a big game. You say you wish to kill me, but there you stand, feet rooted to the ground. Do you sob? Do you tremble? Are your compatriots truly the brave heroes they believe themselves to be? Or do they know that deep down they are what they always were when they first arrived in these lands? Cowards, thieves, traitors, poxes. For a monster cannot slay the dragon. And he eyes Lillison meaningfully with a smirk. Over the uh, group chat, uh, Lillison is going to say softly, we didn't come here to gloat. I don't know whether he already knows from what we said that we've destroyed his coffin, but let's not make it any clearer. And uh, Lillison is actually, as she's saying this, she is going to start walking forward towards Strahd with uh, her head uh, bowed respectfully. Metreon in in the group chat just following oh, yeah. her. In the group chat, Kiva's just going to private message Lillison, actually, not in the group chat, and just say, I can hold him there when you get close enough, or at least I can try. Just be careful. She says with all of the trust in her heart, hoping that this isn't about to be a betrayal. Strahd watches you curiously, Lillison. He's quirked an eyebrow, but is not moving to stop you from moving forward. Not meeting his gaze, uh, Lillison is going to approach to about within 10 feet of him, uh, and then she is going to sink down on one knee. Interesting. And what is this? I will say this. It is good to know that at least one of these companions has sense. Lillison, my dear, I must say, your insights are as always appreciated. What advice would you lend your compatriots in this, their finest crowning moment? She bends her head a little bit more and then raises it, um, almost meeting his eyes, but catching herself at the last moment and just says, you are absolutely correct, my lord. You have done this for a very long time. We cannot hope. We cannot hope to follow this foolish notion of defeating you in some glorious blaze of heroism and foolishness. 
wise words. It seems that you could not have traveled this way to make homage on that basis alone. Would you advise your companions to do the same? Would you advise them to heed the wisdom of those that know their betters? In the group chat, Willison says, I advise you all to get into position. Kiva just smirks and um, sort of taps into that blind sight, lowers the bridal veil, and uh, sort of swings the sun sword in her hand. Erythrindir pulls his wand from his horster, twirls it a few times, and then takes Rahad and Scimitar in his left hand. Metrion, oh, go on, Amity. Amity holds hands with her ghost and walks forward, trembling, to flank on the right. Uh, Metrion has a moment of uh, relief. Uh, his body relaxes a bit when he hears Lillison in his head say, say that. Um, and his hands begin to light up and twitch with this pale golden energy in anticipation. Strahd's eyebrows raise, and he sees the lot of you moving, assembling, preparing. Alas, I fear your compatriots may not share your sense, but never mind. He raises his voice, allowing it to boom through the chapel. Let it be known that I have the utmost mercy and compassion for those who are able to recognize where loyalty is properly lain. Lillison, rise, and let's see if you can do what you came here for. And he tilts his head inquisitively, grinning down toward you. Lillison rises. She um, reaches into her pouch for something, and she pulls out a small scroll. And opening it, she says, Yes, let's see if I can. And I know that this does not work the way initiative works in 5e, but I would like to cast Cone of Cold off that scroll at Strahd. I will allow you to begin casting it. And you can change your mind on your turn if you would like. Does that seem fair? That seems fair. Very well. In that case, the group of you watch as swirling crystals of frost and snow begin to swirl through the air around Lillison, her lips turning slightly blue as the temperature drops. And in that moment, Strahd's eyes widen almost imperceptibly, and his figure blurs, his claws slicing through the air directly toward her. I'll need everyone to roll initiative, please. as I move you all to the battle map. Please organize yourselves as needed. And then let's get some initiative rolled. Can we say that uh, 
yeah, that uh, I was able to bluff Strahd into letting them like array themselves closer. Yes, but I, I will say that Kiva cannot be that close because if she were close enough for the sunlight to touch him, he would have attacked long before this. Okay, uh, is that far back enough? Sorry, I just, I didn't know uh, position-wise. What's the current radius of the sun sword? Full power. Then yes, I'm afraid you can't be that close. Just tell me when. <laughs> uh, here. Can you put a radius on her? Like, uh, just so that there's a visual. Sure, I can do that. It's 60 feet, right? Yeah. Alrighty, 60 feet it is. As soon as I can find proper thing. Here we go. Alrighty. So I think we just need Lilith's control initiative and that will be good to go. Uh, have I not? Uh, not on no, the I just need you on the track. Thank you very All much. Alright, uh, well that's a seven, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a six for Metrion. So. Oh, in that case, Earthrendir is going to do something fun. He's going to Cutting Word Strahd's initiative. Intriguing. Yes. Strahd now has a negative one. Fantastic. Oh, eat shit! Eat shit! <laughs> already coming out first in the goat race here. Not today, you miserable piece of shit. Alrighty then. In that case, Erthrendir, you're up first. Alright. Erth rushes forward. Feed a blur of speed as he runs up besides besides Lillison, vaulting over one of the pews in a roll. And when he comes up from the roll, he's holding a scroll of his own, which, as he holds, begins to crackle with black fire. Actually, no, he can't do that without murdering Lillison, too. Never mind. Do it, do it. No! Oh, come on! <laughs> I'm... Look. Look. Fuck. I'll do this. And he and in that case, he raises his wand. I will say that if you if you're looking to cast a fireball, there is a hole in the shards of glass in the window on the opposite side behind where Strata's standing. You could place the point of origin in the courtyard. Oh yes, then that. Absolutely that. Alright. You did want to blow in the windows of the chapel. Yep, and I'm doing it. Fire. Alright. As Twy, you thrust a finger forward, a bead of crackling black-red flame flickering, whistling through the air. Strahd easily ducks it, a smirk across his face. Did you really think? And then it whizzes through the open broken glass in the window behind him, and an inferno of swirling black flame bursts through with percussive force, shattering the glass, destroying, splintering, and devouring in burning, swirling cinders every plank that had lain across the boarded window, and thrusting forward, smashing across Strahd with a percussive impact of actual heated air. I will need a damage save, a damage roll and a dex save from Strahd. 34 fire damage. Strahd fails by one. Ho ho ho! Eat shit! shit. Oh my god, will this is delicious. Will he use a... Probably not. And then he looks over at Lillison. Kill him. 
and gives her his last die bardic inspiration. Oh, thank you. For sure. All right. A brief question for Erthrandir. Are you making eye contact with Strahd? No. All right. Very good. With that, as, ever, as a note to everyone, just please let me know if you are or not looking at Strahd. If you're not, you will suffer the blinded condition with respect to him on your turn. All right. So, Erthrandir, is that your turn? It is. Davian is up. Not making eye contact with Strahd, he's going to dive across the way, line up a shot with his crossbow, and take the shot. 17, hitting, dealing 7 damage, have to 3. He'll step up here to the altar. Alright. Uh, as soon as his turn is over, Strahd will... What is Strahd going to do? He is going to use a legendary action to move, oh, let's say one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, that's very tempting. But actually, you know what? I don't think he will. Do it. He's going to stay where he is. Esmeralda is up. Really? Yep. Intriguing. Esmeralda is going to fire off a firebolt at him. 15 missing. Strahd ducks evading it as it sizzles through the air through the now gauging open window out into the rainy courtyard beyond. Strahd will take his lair action. You watch as he inhales and then exhales slowly and his form becomes shimmering like mist, almost insubstantial for a moment. And then he smiles. Amity, your undead is up. Uh, the undead goes after Amity, but Amity is up. Ah, excellent. Uh, she is going to march forward. Uh, if, uh, and she is going to similarly cast a fireball, crushing one of the gems in her helmets. All right. Same place as Aerithrandir? Uh, yeah. All right. Give me some damage as you crush one of the gems and blinding, radiant, spraying light bursts forth from it, uh, swirling through the air and exploding in an almost crystalline shimmer that resembles the Aurora Borealis, but with a fierce, blazing crimson radiance. 36 fire damage. Oh, okay, let's see how Strahd does on his deck save. 27. Cool, that cuts it in half to 18 fire damage. Um... Very good. And it next will be the ghost's turn, unless he wants to do something in between. Excellent. And uh, if you'd like to move as well, you should be able to do so. Thank you. Very good. In that case, uh, at the end of your turn, Strahd is going to... Let me just text something very, very briefly. Excellent. Strahd is going to use a legendary action to move one two three four then smiling pass through the walls of Ravenloft and vanishing from sight which wall did he pass through 
the one just to the left of the door where Amity's undead is. All right, good to know. Thank you. Okay. And with that, Amity, your undead begins its turn. What would you like to do? Hmm. <laughs> tricky, tricky, tricky. Um, just stand there near the wall and grab him if he comes back through. It'll ready the grapple action. All right. Is that it for your turn? Yeah. Or for the undead's turn? Alrighty. In that case, I believe the one we have next up is Kiva. All right. So um, Kiva is going to move sort of diagonal here to Ez and then ready in action to use the sun sword or to use the holy symbol to cast hold vampire the second she sees Strahd re-enter the room. Okay, very good. And I think because that is a magic item charge and not a spell, it will not be spent if the trigger doesn't go off. Is that correct? Our rules I, lawyers? I think so. I'm no not idea. sure. I also, believe that's the Strahd, way it works. Did Strahd take anything from passing through the sunlight or no? He did not start his turn there. Okay, so, all right. He has a negative one initiative in case you didn't notice. I did notice. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> sweet of Erythrindir to do that. <laughs> all right. That's all, I guess, for now. Okay. Oh, wait. Can I free action call him a punk bitch for running away? Absolutely. All right, yeah, she's going to scream, uh, you're a punk bitch, and then, you know, go back to being ready. Okay, very good. Ismark is up. He will look around, frowning, and will take a step back toward Metreon uh, in between Irina and ready his uh, sword in case anything should approach them. Irina will take her turn, readying her crossbow in the same. And with that, Lillison, you're up. Lillison is going to stop casting from the Scroll of Cone of Cold um, and is instead going to... Let's see. Uh, let us cast Blink, because that seems like it'll be useful here. Okay, so what happens? Uh, so... Nothing happens until the end of her turn, but she is going to move, let's say, there, and uh, then end her turn. So let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, she has not yet flipped onto the ethereal. Gotcha. Okay. So with that, I believe that ends your turn. And Metreon, you're up. Metreon's going to stay put, uh, but he is going to ready uh, an Elder's Blast if Strahd or any uh, any antagonistic uh, entity uh, enters this area. However, DM, uh, because I am an agent of chaos, uh, what would be the stat to roll to see if Metreon remembers not to close his eyes? Sorry, could you re repeat that? What would the stat to roll be to sit to for Metron to remember to close his eyes when fighting Strahd? Um, I would say that's 
up to you. Um, if you think you might forget it, I would allow for intelligence. Five. All right. Okay. And that's his turn. Very good. And so ends your turn, and so begins Strahd's turn, in which nothing evidently seems to happen. Esmeralda moves to wield her rapier and hand axe and says, look out, he's regenerating. As the second he comes back again, it'll be like those spells we cast didn't do anything. He could come back from anywhere. He really is more of a coward than I thought he'd be, you know? That's just, that's it? You're just gonna just, stand there and take it, go off and hide, and then come back and just let us do it again? I mean, what? It's nine on one. He's wearing us down. You can, can call he see it us cowardice. through the walls? That I do not know. But all, all I know is that this is not how a coward fights. This is how a predator fights. Well, now just take care that we do not become prey by underestimating him. Fair enough. All right. All right. In that case, we are back at the top of the initial order with Erythrindir. What are you doing? Erythrindir's going to head over to that window he just broke and look out into the storm to see if he can find any sign of Strahd. Make a perception check if you'd like to use your action to do so. I would. 14. 14? Um... There's no sign of him, just the darkness and the roiling of the clouds overhead and the swaying of the dead trees and the harsh winds. He's not outside, but spread out. We don't want him to be able to catch all of us in a big old fireball. He's going to move to the corner to adjudicate that, and that's his turn. All right. Uh, with that, it is Davian's turn. Who will cough and say, right, um, there was supposed to be something else in here, right? Something we can use. A book. Fuck, right, do we, do we know where it is? No. There's uh, supposed uh, to be something magic on the altar in here, right? We were told yeah, that. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, what is the exact text of the card, if anyone has it? To go way back in my notes. <laughs> I'm actually talking about what the demon told us yeah, as yeah, location the of the magic. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Davian looks at, looks at the altar and just kind of looks at it a bit squeamishly. All right, well, there's a sort of pretty looking silver statue. Uh, it looks like some sort of priest. There's uh, this weird fucking, I don't know, is it mace maybe on the ground? And then there's this dead guy. I don't know if he's the magic item, but I'm not touching the dead guy. We were told it was knowledge. To right. help us in our fight. So uh, it has to be something that isn't, I would suppose, a mace, unless we're supposed to animate that dead body and ask him questions. I really hope, I not. hope not. Then let's let's keep looking. All right. Uh, does anyone have the exact text of the reading at their disposal? No. I think it's, it's um, I have... somewhere in our messages. <laughs> All right. Uh, in that case, Davian will grumble and say, all right, fuck it, let me take a look around here. See if there's anything I can find. I'm useless to you anyway. I'll start fuddling around the altar. Uh, I, say, sorry. No. Uh, mm -hmm. This, Amity can, like, it. recite this. This card tells of history. Knowledge of the ancient will help you better understand your enemy. The master of glyphs, the priests, you will find what you seek in the castle amid the ruins of a place of supplication. Okay, so it's just in here somewhere. We gotta get looking. 
David, can you can you dig around, find it? Hey, I think. Oh shit. Hey, I think there might be something here. And he kind of clambers on top of the altar and peers over the other side. An altar is a place where people supplicate, right? I, I don't know what that means, but that sounds about right. Kneeling, yes. Yes, yes, that thing. There's something here behind it, behind the little statue. There's, there's, I don't. It, it's, it's a book or something. That would well, tell us a knowledge. One of the guys who can read. Right. Excuse you, I can fucking read. He grumbles, but he grabs something on the other side of the altar and looks around, <laughs> looking for someone to toss it to. Earth raises his hands. All right, Davian will boomerang the book toward you, taking a step at an angle where he can do so, and will fling it through the air. Earth catches it. All right, it lands with a very satisfying thump in your hands. It is a fairly weighty tome, uh, bound in a thick uh, leather cover with steel hinges and fastenings. You can feel the crackling of the brittle parchment at the very front of it. There is em uh, emblazoned the steel uh, iconography of the crest of Strahd von Zarevich, of the von Zarevich house, the rising tower of the keep and the raven with wings spread wide. All right, once we get a quiet moment, I'll look through this. All right, sounds good. In the meantime, I'll keep an eye out. Then he will shrink back a little bit away from the altar, looking wary. That is the end of Davian's turn. Esmeralda is up. She's going to look, she's going to step very carefully over here next to Lillison, bringing out her rapier and her hand axe and looking just very at the ready. She's ready in action to attack anything that comes close to her. Stars that layer action comes and goes. Emity, it's your ghost's turn. Uh, it's Amity's turn first, and she and the ghost will both uh, just uh, strategically separate a little bit in order to not catch the entire party in a fireball. Um, and both ready the grapple action, and Amity will use a bonus action. Uh, Ismok. We have to make him out prey. Grab him if you can. And she's gonna give him bardic inspiration, uh, asking him to stand somewhere where ideally, if Strahd comes through the wall, he can grab. Ismark nods and flexes his knuckles, crunching his hand into a fist. All right, I'll keep an eye out. Good luck. And if you nods, that's the turn. All right, with that, Kiva, you're up. All right, Kiva's going to go to the most central place in the room to try to keep the Sun Sword as like visible as possible and cover as much as she can. Um, she's going to keep readying that hold vampire action uh, with the um, fucking holy symbol. All right, very good. Next up is Mark. He's going to ready a grapple for anything that comes close to him. Arinda's going to ready with her crossbow. Lillison, you're up. Lillison shakes her head just in impatience, maybe for the first time uh, since she's been in Barovia, and she is going to head right through that door. All right, you're taking a look inside. <laughs> she's going to take a look inside. Excellent. You see that the large flagstones of this spiraling staircase lead up and down around a 20-foot-wide stone core. Cobwebs fill the staircase, making it difficult to see even the ceiling. Heavy beams sag overhead from centuries of supporting weight. There's no sign of Strahd. 
The staircase appears to ascend on the right and ascend on the left. And then there's just a sheer wall in front of you. She uh, speaks uh, back over her shoulder. It's a staircase. Um, and did you say a sheer wall? Like in the middle of the staircase? Not in the middle of the staircase. Um, it's just the rounded core of the stone staircase. And then the stairs going up and down on either side. And uh, what's your intelligence again? It is 16. 16. You briefly do the math, and you realize that this is probably the same staircase that you saw at the very bottom of the catacombs leading up. This this is a staircase. He could have gone up or down. I think this staircase goes all the way down to the, uh, to the crypts we were in. Not the actual room, but somewhere around there. God damn it, so we could be anywhere by now. Well, do we want to follow him and give chase and give him an opportunity to get us in a smaller area, or do we want to stay put? I, I think we stay put for right now. He, we don't know even know if he went up or down the stairs, so we're, we'd just be leaving our best opportunity. Plus, we never got the magic thing that the Dybbuk mentioned. Look around for the magic thing. Um, I'll see if I can take a look. And with that, she is going to end her turn and see if she goes into the ethereal. All right, let's find out. No, she does not. Damn it. Alas. One of these days. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Metreon, you're up. Yeah, Metreon overhearing the conversation about and remembering what the Dubiak said about the uh, uh, the magic item. Uh, he goes up back up to the altar and uh, he's going to investigate, see if there's anything there that might be of interest. He's looking at the statue, but he's also looking at the mace, seeing... You know, trying mm -hmm. to decide if one of the others seems more uh, in line with what the Dibiks talked about. Sure. So the mace, I'll start with the mace. It is lying on the ground a bit away from the um, corpse. The corpse itself has is dressed in very fine fur cloak, clearly once very valuable uh, and well-made. The mace onto his side has a uh, silver uh, shaft that ends in a golden handle at the very end. And at the top of it is an ornate work of carved, what looks like gold-plated steel that mounts into a sunburst with wickedly sharp spikes at the very top. Uh, and then what about the, the idol? Actually, no, sorry, I was, I was incorrect. That is not the appearance of this item. I was looking at the wrong mace. Uh, here we go. This one does not look like that. It is not golden. In fact, it is a dark navy blue in places almost black with spirals of dark uh, indigo running up its its uh, length. You can see at the very bottom a purple bulbous uh, cap at the bottom and the axe itself almost resembles, or the mace itself almost resembles a skull with four jutting bone-like spurs coming out and curving like horns toward a central point at the top. It is unpleasant to look at. Do I, uh, so I rolled a 17 on an investigation. Do I find anything about like the statue on the altar or? So, I mean, there's nothing really to investigate. I'm not gonna require an action for it. The statue itself uh, just looks like a kneeling uh, priest making a gesture of supplication. It seems uh, to be silver wrought. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't know anything about magic. Uh, 
yeah, he's just gonna... Uh, oh, and one thing I forgot to mention is that you did notice that there is a single shaft of uh, light, despite the storm that falls directly on the statuette. Oh, it's falling directly on the statue. Okay. Um, Correct. Uh, then Indiana Jones style. Uh, he's going to look at it, look up at the light, kind of shake his head incredulously, incredulously like, this, this, this can't be it. This, it can't be this convenient. Um, and he'll reach out and just kind of very carefully take it up off the altar and examine it. As your fingers come into contact with it, there is immediately a spark of warmth. The same spark that you felt in your dreams when you encountered the angel that gave you your abilities, when you felt the touch of Father Lucian's spirit, when you felt the warmth of the holy spells you've cast. This is a potent artifact. Uh, I got it, I got it, I got it, Emily, I got it. I don't know what it does, but I got it. Uh, it, it feels the same way as my, my own stuff, my own magics, you know, it's, it's got that warmth. I don't know what it does, do I? That's great. Then if he if he doesn't come back, then plus one, whatever that does. Right, yeah. Um, and Metron just sort of holds it and looks at it. Uh, and that's his turn. Okay, your turn ends and Strahd's turn begins and ends. Erthrandir, you're up again. I'm just going to... As of now, nothing seems to be happening. So if you'd like to begin some more longer-term actions, you may do so, or you can continue doing short-term things. There's no sign of Strahd yet. Yeah, Aerith's come to the conclusion that he's not coming in until he's good and ready. So he's going to probably join Matreon on the altar. What? What is it? What'd you find? He just, like, pushes it in his face, like a little kid showing off a toy. Does Aerithrin, do you have any indication about what this might be? You're not sure. It seems to be a very nice statuette. It, uh, from the weight of it, it seems like pure silver. I'll take your word for it. What about the mace? Uh, if you'd like to pick up the mace, you can do so. I will. All right. As soon as you do, you feel a jolt of unpleasant energy. You hear the distant shrieks of terror and for a moment, you are reminded of the sight of the fleeing refugees of the war you left behind so long ago that then vanish. Earth flings it across the room. Glints with an evil light. It Don't. has power to it, but it might not be power that he's would throwing enjoy it wielding. out the window. Don't touch that one. Well, I mean, we can't now. You just throw it out the window. You Don't. take my point. Willison looks very curiously after it. Of course she does. <laughs> it is light enough, you think, to lift with Mage Hand. Up to you. But Go get it, Will! Go get it, Will! <laughs> All right. That's Earth's turn. All right. You do have the book. Do you want to do anything with it or just end your turn here? End my turn here. All right. Davian is up. Davian has nothing to do. All right. Um, shit. Um, what the fuck are we doing then? Can you bird out and scope ahead? He nods. I can do that, but we got, what, three doors plus whatever the fuck's on that balcony up there? Where do you want me to go first? Uh, where do we think he went? Uh, try balcony first. That's our immediate escape route if things go sour. We want to make sure that one's clear. I, I can do that. 
and his body shimmers, transforming into the small raven shape, and he immediately begins flapping his wings upward into the air. Right, uh, no sign of any fucking vampires up here. There's bloody pair of thrones here. It looks like stairs coming up, another set of bloody doors, and there's someone sitting in the thrones. They don't look good. Uh, thank you. All right. Sitting. Uh, sitting's not is that it's a more polite word. Maybe slumped, dead. I don't know. He'll end his turn. Uh, Esmeralda will begin hers and say, Right then, do we want to be spread out or come together? We know that he has fireball, but... Spread out. All right, spread out it is. Uh, let us in. I hope you don't mind if I stay next to you, just in case anything should come about. Of, of course. All right, we'll see what happens. And she will ready her rapier and her hand axe looking down this doorway in case anything should emerge. Strahd so will take his lair action. Amity, it's your ghost's turn, and your turn as well. Nice. Um, Amity going first uh, is going to just move to spread out and just take the dash action. Hmm. Actually, no, you know, this is here's enough spread out for now. Next turn, she can dash to the other side of the room. Uh, ready action grapple. Meantime, uh, yeah. She commands her ghost, uh, go scout a little. And it is going to move, uh, oh, Foundry thinks my ghost can't move through walls. Isn't that cute? <laughs> Isn't that cute? Where Foundry? would you like to move it? <laughs> Just scout, uh, look, peer through the wall to the north. All right, into the um, Hall of Faith, into the wall itself, because the ghost can't see um, in the wall. Right, right, it can't. So I guess Strahd went through, oh, I see. So Strahd went through the wall over here. So it's going to peer through to like the Northeast. Uh, mm -hmm. Like back to the Hall of Faith? Um, sorry, I meant West, I'm, a, I'm dumb. But uh, gotcha. yeah, basically peer through to the Northwest, ending its movement, uh, I think here mm -hmm. should work. Uh, just looking if Strahd's like right through this wall. All right, it does a brief patrol, a brief sweep. Um, and then comes up on the other side looking very faintly disappointed. Straw does not seem to be in the vicinity of that area. Okay, good to know. Um, then it will take the dash action to spread itself out uh, a little more helpfully. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, and next turn it can also dash to the other side of the room. Uh, end turns. All right, excellent. Kiva, you're up. Um, I think just same thing. <laughs> Keep readying an action. Um, unless there's something else that I can be effective at, but I think that's the most effective thing. All right. Very fair. That'll do for now. And with that, it is Ismark's turn. He'll ready an action, as will Irina. Lillison, I believe it is your turn. Lillison is going to peer curiously out the window towards where Erthwinder threw the mace. Would you like the mace? I would like to see how Erthwinder reacts first. He grimaces. If you must. It's bad. Bad juju. Bad magic. Like, worse than normal. 
So, in other words, possibly exactly the thing we need? He closed his eyes. Do it. She's going to cast Mage Hand and uh, retrieve the mace. All right, the mace will float easily enough toward you. Um, you might have to move a little bit closer to the window because he did yeet it out the window. Yes, but he has eight strength. His pitching arm is not good. That's fair. I'll say Lilison has to move 10 feet south if she wants to mage hand this. She has moved 10... F oh, south. Oh, sorry. Down. The directions of Ravenloft are absolutely skewed. Yes, she is going to do that and uh, sort of reach out tentatively as it floats closer. All right. You're able to grasp it in your hand if you would like. Uh... What can she tell from grasping it? There is a brief flash in your mind, and you can feel in that moment a memory, a recollection of a time when you gaze into a mirror for the first time, saw your face, and in your soul knew only fear. It flares through you for a moment as you grit your teeth, and then the memory vanishes, dissipating, and you feel a cold throb of chilled energy from the handle of the mace. I think we're going to do very well together. And then she is going to walk back to the wall and wait and see if she goes into the ethereal. Alright, let's roll it. There we go. Ethereal hey. time. Bamf. Alright, what can she see through these walls? Uh, what is your range of vision in the ethereal plane? I believe plane, it if, is if 60 feet. 60 feet, okay. Um, so, looking through the walls, um, I'll say it gives you a very basic uh, like structural x-ray vision. Does that seem reasonable for the ethereal? Yeah. Based on Argenvostolt? Alright, so looking ahead of you, you can see that the staircase descends down and up. There seems to be a strange obstruction around 10 or 20 feet downward through the stone. At the very center of the curving stone core of the pillar is a tall shaft that climbs to the highest peaks of the castle, vanishing into the mist of the ethereal and plummeting down into darkness where you presume the crypts lie. You glance to the left, right, no sign of Strahd, and then you glance up and you see very faintly just beyond a pair of double doors on the second floor, gazing serenely out toward the direction of the balcony, Strahd von Zarevich. I understand that I just ended my turn, which is how I made that roll, but I would like to convey all of this information as, you know. Does Raris carry across planes? That's a good question. It cannot extend to other planes of existence, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, that's going to be interesting. So um, I guess everybody else just felt Lillison just snap off from group chat. Metro, yeah, you're up. Chat. Anything different Metron's doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, is it an action to try and attune to something? Uh, 
looking over it, you don't think you'd be able to attune it um, without spending an hour to, you know, short rest with it and Got all that. It. All right. Uh, well, he'll just throw it in his bag, uh, which, to remind everybody, it's not visible, so it just looks like he's putting it into his torso. Um, but uh, he'll uh, look around. Leo, oh. she's going. Uh, what are we doing? We're staying here. We're going. We gotta find him first. Once we find him, we blitz. Right. Um, the Metron's gonna go up to uh, the last place that he saw Lillison and just wait there to see if she pops back out. All right. And that's his turn. Strahd's turn begins. There is a brief moment of terrible silence. And then, let me just do some rough calculations. You, you hear as suddenly, just for a brief heartbeat, there is a sound um, a cry of a raven from overhead. But before you can respond, you see a crackling moat of black swirling flames streak down toward the ground, toward the center of your group. And let's see where he wants to place this fireball. Oh, fuck. just Let's clarification go. real quick. Does this count as something I can see um, for like a save that might happen since I can uh, see the flames? Yes, I would say you can see the flames. Great. Let's see where we can place this. Oh, um, God, I think. <laughs> this will do nicely. No. Hello, boy. Over here. Over here. Because we wouldn't want to hit Irina now, would we? <laughs> Love that human meat shield. All right, so I'm going to need deck saves from Ez, Metreon, Ghost, Kiva, and Aerith. And Amity, if oh, I didn't we that. did not spread ourselves out as well as I thought we did. Nope. That's a 20 on the save. Dirty 20. I'm so glad Very I nice. spread myself into the ethereal. Right? <laughs> 19. 19? All right. Twenty-eight. Twenty-two. Okay, so I think. Oh, I just need to roll for Ez. And Amity, do you roll for your ghost? Ah, uh, good point. Uh, I think that everyone rolled actually really fail. high. Alas, everyone except the ghost. So. Uh, the ghost takes 27 points of fire damage. Everyone else takes 13. Uh, oh, that only eats through my temp. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Amatron, you actually take six. Yes, me and Amity only take six, right? Woo. Yes, I believe I so. And with that, Strahd, you see as a dark silhouette, a tall and gaunt, stands at the very top of the balcony and then steps back into the darkness. But Davian is cawing insistently still. 
And that is the end of Strahd's turn. Uh, I believe we're at the top again with Erthrendir. All right. Erthrendir's blood goes cold. He looks around at the others to make sure that nobody's hurt too badly. And then hums. And the magic of the blade song surrounds him. As he also casts haste. It is time to go vroom. Sonic! We love vroom. We do love vroom. Gotta go fast. As he then sprints towards the stairwell. Alrighty. So was, how, how much movement would it take to get up that? Uh, movement to get up there? Yeah. Um, it was 45 me... feet from where I was to here. I believe it'll be an additional 50 feet to get to the top. Wonderful. So that's 95 out of 160. I have 55 feet remaining. Or uh, 65 feet remaining. And let me move you up there. Uh, okay, Erthrendir, you thunder your way up a set of uh, dark, creaky stairs passing a wooden landing and ascending to a dark balcony that looks down overhead. As the old wood creaking and groaning uh, leaves behind you, you find yourself emerging onto a sculpted stone railing enclosing a long balcony which overlooks Ravenloft's chapel. You can see two ornate thrones standing side by side in the center of the balcony, covered with dust and strung with cobwebs. The thrones face away from the double doors that give access to the balcony. Any son of Strahd or Davian? Uh, Davian, you can see. He is fluttering around 50 feet off the ground. Aerith uh, in the frantically temple. taps into the telepathic bond. What'd you see? He he stepped back um, through those through the the um, through the doors. I think. Right. I'm going after him. I'll keep him busy. Y'all do your best to follow up and take advantage of this. Is Aerith's going to throw the doors open? All right. You speed toward the doors, throw them open, and see in the space beyond. A 20-foot-high hall with a dark, vaulted ceiling draped with cobwebs. A low moan seems to travel the length of the corridor as it rises and falls, intoning sadness and despair. There's no immediate sight of Strahd. It's full of darkness and shadow. He's gonna use his remaining... 60-ish feet of movement to head down that hallway. All right, and head down that hallway you shall. You step forward into the hall, leaving the balcony and the thundering of the uh, storm behind. You speed forward, you said, what, another 60 feet? Uh, more or less. It's hard to know without actually being able to see it. Sure. Um, and you should be able to see this as uh, 2F King's Hall at the very top. Oh, yeah. There we go. Thank you, DM. Excellent. So, stepping forward, you speed down the corridor, uh, searching for any sign of Strahd, and as you do... Around halfway down, you hear a scraping of stone against stone, followed by the squeaking of a bat. 
Looking up in the direction of the noise, you see the fanged visage, outstretched claws, and flapping black cape of a vampire bearing down on you from above. A deep throaty chuckle fills the hall as you see, soaring down toward you, fangs and claws outstretched, the burning crimson eyes of Strahd von Zarevich. All right. Strahd, Erthendir stopping right here and raising his sword. He's ready. That's his turn. All righty. So ends Erthendir's turn. Davian is up. Uh, Davian will stay where he is, I think. Um, Esmeralda is up. She will take her turn and say, Shit, okay, I did not expect him to go running off like that. Um, I'm right here. The, I, he's here. Up uh, in this right. hallway. In, in the telepathy. Shit, right. All right. Let's go join him. And she's going to make her way to join Erthendir. Four, five, six, one, two, three, and start climbing the stairs. That is the end of Esmeralda's turn, which means it is Strahd's lair action. Um, okay. It is now time for Amity's ghost. Uh, yes, how tall is the chapel? The chapel is, I think, 90 feet, but the balcony the is 50 feet off the ground. Oh, 50 feet off the ground to the balcony. Okay, excellent. Um, then the ghost is going to fly up uh, to just under the balcony um, and 30 feet north of where it currently is. Sort of under Strahd. That's the, that's the goal here, like under the floor where Strahd is. This gotcha. is a dash action. Uh, after Amity Wait, getting dashes. up to the balcony or getting under the balcony? Um, it doesn't want to be where Strahd can see it. Um, so yeah, Amity's going to commit to like do that, so, like basically get under where Erthendir says Strahd is, and then on his next turn, come up to attack. Gotcha, so moving slightly into the Hall yeah. of Faith. Yes, okay. that's right. Uh, this might be above its ceiling, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Amity's mm. going to dash over here and follow Esmeralda up the stairs, only getting, I think, a few steps up with this movement speed. And that's the turn. Okay. That is fair enough. You emerge onto the King's Balcony, if you see the at the top navigation. Okay. So, so ends Amity's turn. Kiva, you're up. So if Kiva were to take a few steps back towards the altar, could she see up the balcony? Yes, I would say so. Okay, and the sunlight extends 60 feet in all directions? Um, that is correct. It is a nimbus around you. So if you're 60 feet away from the balcony, it would proceed upward. If you're further, um, you know, it'll, it'll be going at a 45 degree angle, right? So we'll not actually be entering the doors because as far as you can tell, whatever doors air through, Deer went through, there's like a whole area beyond the balcony right, that you can't see right. right now. I'm just trying to see if if on the altar could Kiva see Strahd. Based on the movement you heard of Erthrandir, who literally just blurred off in wind uh, a few moments ago, you th and the fading footsteps you hear, you don't think Strahd would be within sight if you were on the altar. You think you might have to follow them or find some way to climb the walls. All right, because I, I wanted to cast a spell, but if I can't see him, then there's no point. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, I guess she's gonna do, would it be reasonable to say that this doorway on the other side goes up the same way? Um, do you mean the one on the right or the left? 
Um, whatever the one the others didn't go up. <laughs> so from what, uh, it, you're not sure, um, but from your memory of the map, okay. uh, I would say that you would recollect that the door to the left does not lead to the second floor. You don't know where it leads exactly, but you're pretty sure it doesn't lead to the second floor. All right. Um, She's going to go to the steps. Yeah. Um, Let me see the movement that that would take. And then, uh, yeah, I guess continue readying an action in case he comes back. All right. I think that's about as far as I can get. Yeah. All right. And so, um... Actually, wait, no, sorry. I have a lot more movement than I thought. Um, so I have, like, 15 feet left. Could that get me up the stairs? If you want to go into this area, uh, that'll get you to the base of the staircase. There's a whole little landing area that you'll have to pass through, but that could get you toward the stairs. Uh, but again, the left side does not lead to the second floor. Right, sorry. I, my directional, uh, sense is wrong. So, yeah, I'm doing this on the right side. Okay, so you want to follow Amity and Ez upstairs? Yes, sorry. <laughs> All good. Easily easily enough. This is Castle Ravenloft. This is not exactly a well-plotted architecture. map is, yeah, is... Uh, 95 map rooms. Is Directions are not my strong suit. <laughs> Alrighty. Very good. So ends Kiva's turn. All right. Which means that it is now Ismark's turn, who will... Look at Irina, shrug, and they will follow along. Ismark will glance black, back, uh, Metiran, are you coming as well? Do I got a choice? He shrugs, looking slightly helpless. Alright. Uh, with that, Ismark will... Head upstairs along with Irina. And so ends their turn. Uh, Lillison, you're up. Looking through here uh, in the current ethereal zone, so to speak, you can see the fuzzy outline of a corridor on the second floor. Erythrindir looking up at something, but there seems to be nothing there. Whatever he's looking up at is empty and blank. Instead, you see, just at the side of the corridor, beyond the fuzzy outline of the wall, Strahd, readying himself for something. In the wall itself. What would um, Lillison like to do? Um, before I leave the ethereal, which I'm about to do at the beginning of my uh, my turn, can you clarify to which side of Erythrindir Strahd is? He is to um, Erythrindir's left. Okay. Um, while... To, uh, he's on your current side. Okay. Uh, while I come out of the Ethereal, I would like to uh, pop out 10 feet away from where I started, uh, which I assume cannot get me onto the second floor because the second floor seems to be really high up. That is correct. The second floor okay. is quite high up. Okay, so I will pop out uh, 10 feet up the staircase, I guess, and then use my action uh, to continue running up the staircase. 
Mm-hmm. And as I do so, I'm going to point towards where I know Erythrindir is and cast a message to him saying, Strahd is in the wall to your left. Be ready. But he's also right the fuck in front of... I mean, I will say that I don't... Uh, if you want, I think you can use Raris here because I don't think it's severed when you leave the plane. So it'll reconnect. It's not. You just can't communicate while you're sad of it. Oh, well, in that case, I will not waste the action, uh, and I will just broadcast that to the group chat. Um, when I go into the ethereal, I can see uh, through the walls within 60 feet. Uh, Strahd is on the second floor in the wall itself to Air 3 ds left. Then he's got a duplicate or something. Does not surprise me. Nice. And remember, and you can take your bonus action dash if you want to. Yeah, I'm, uh, how far up does 30 feet take me? Uh, it takes you up stairs. Uh, these stairs continue going and going. Uh, you get to a run where you think the second floor is if you if you dash, and the stairs keep going. There's no landing. There's no exit. There's no door. Okay. Uh, I will get to where I think the second floor would be, and I'm going to stop um, after having used my bonus action. Uh, and then I will ready my action, which I have not used, um, to okay i can't tell from the wording of the message spell does that uh does that have the possibility of broadcasting between the ethereal and the material i would say not because generally the range of spells requires them to be on the same plane okay uh also the walls of this place are thick enough yeah, you would need the sending spell to communicate across planes yeah, and the sending spell has its own complications. Um, I will ready an action. Okay, I will ready an action in case I do not go into the, the ethereal this turn. Uh, to attack with the sword uh, any hostile creature that I might see coming at me. Easy enough to do. With that, your turn ends, and Metreon, you're up. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to use my movement and uh, bonus action to dash. Get Following the others? The, yeah, so that's King's Balcony. King's Balcony. Let me plant you on down there. Et voila. Um, so it would put me up, like, because uh, I had, like, 15 feet of movement left. Would that get me onto the actual steps? Um, like, when I pass through the door, I have an additional 15 movement uh, left. Would that uh, get me up on there? Yeah, I would, I would say that gets you to around your current location. Okay. It's uh, a little finagling, but I'd say that's reasonably fine. Right. Um, and I'm sorry, uh, Lil, did you broadcast it to everybody that about the duplicate? Uh, yeah, that was all in group chat. Okay. Uh, knowing then that that's the case, uh, he will use his action to move up the stairs. All right. You may move yourself as you, well, I think you can go around here, right? Uh, is it, uh, no, I can't. There we go. There we go. Oh, I'm colliding with a wall.
All good. I think you should uh, move right over here. Yeah, I uh, just wanted to move uh, three more spaces down. Go for it. Here we go. All right. Uh, and that's my turn. All right. So ends your turn. And with that, Erthrandir, you watch as the uh, vampiric form of Strahd von Zarevich keeps flapping through the air, descends, plummeting above you, and then flies five feet over your head, its trajectory arcing back over your head and moving up toward the opposite end of the corridor. The hell? All right. That is the end of that. And so Strahd will take his turn. Arthrandir, you hear a low, deep chuckle from just behind you. Well, it would seem someone has gotten a bit overexcited. All alone in the big, scary castle, are we? Something like that. <laughs> he eyes the flickering of the blade in your hand. So you wield the mystical art of the elven sword dancers. I presume you would expect me to respect it. Oh, God, no. I, I expect you to die. <laughs> and I expect you to crumple like the Dusk Elves elite crumpled against 5,000 crossbows and cavalry. Whether you practice the Lion or the Viper, I think you'll find that you die a while before I perish. Hmm. Maybe. But I think that we have a ways to go, and the why two of us have Why don't you come and test that, monster? <laughs> he smiles, eyes going wide, and he extends a hand toward you, a crackling orb of greenish-bluish energy surging in his palm and spirals through the air toward you, impacting directly into your chest. I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw, please. Oh, fuck. Estrad's casting Polymorph. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Fifteen. The DC was eighteen. Shit. Your form bubbles and swells, features grotesquely shifting. I will say in that moment, as you feel your form begin to spiral and shrink, uh, webbing begins to go through your fingers, your skin uh, becoming an unpleasant greenish-gray tinge, you may send one sentence to your compatriots over the group chat. He's turned me into something. He's up in the hallway. Gah! Silence. Do we just hear Ribbit Ribbit over the chat now? <laughs> uh, you do indeed hear a single Ribbit as Erthrandir is turned into a frog. And let's see. That's fun. Okay, I think that is the end of that turn. Which means that we are back at the top.
and I'm going to need hmm uh, never mind uh, Erthrin Deer it's your turn you are a frog boy I sure am He croaks, looking up at Strahd, who suddenly seems very, very large, and I presume this is the frog stat block that has no attacks whatsoever. Uh, that would be correct. Wonderful. Okay. Hmm. Well, this is a pickle. This is a problem. He is going to croak exceedingly loudly to try and let everyone know precisely where Strahd is. Is that a thing I can do? Yes, that is. And I will say something that I neglected to mention is that Strahd did close the door behind him on his entry. Shit. He did have a free environmental interaction with which to do so. In that case, I'm going to use my hasted action to disengage. You are... Still concentrating, this is true. <laughs> As I run up to the door and Love croak it. as a and start throwing my body against the doors, croaking as loud as I can. What Love it. Love it. There's no way that Lilson can can get this across in character, but like what if he just sort of hopped into Strahd's pocket and we could just like get radio updates from you? I presume at that point he can pull me out of his pocket and squish me. Frog to base. <laughs> Alright, is that the end of Earth and Frog's turn? Regrettably. Alright, Davian will take his turn. Um, as the... He will flappy flap his way over to the top of the balcony. And... Unfortunately, because Strahd is not within sight because the door is closed, cannot use his special super secret awesome action. Alas... Uh, what he will do is he will just flutter over top of uh, Metreon's head and caw excitedly. And will drop down and spend an action to transform back into his were-raven form. That's the end of Davian's turn. Uh, next up is Esmeralda. She is going to run up. One, two, three, four, five, six... Zeran's there, right? And she looks back toward Metreon. I think so, yeah. Right, good. And she will make her way over here, dashing, throwing open the doors, and flinging them open wide. And she will look inside and see... Well, first off, as Davian ends his turn, Strahd is going to legendary action move his way next to Erythrindir. As Mother will immediately appear next to the both of them. Oh, hello, Lord Zerovich. What a nightly pleasure to meet you here. And she will look down at Erythrindir with a vaguely, oh, fuck, expression. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, that's Esmeralda's turn. She is all dashed out. Uh, Strahd will use his lair action, raising a hand, it's smirking, and the door slams shut behind Esmeralda. And you hear the click of a lock. Uh, the door is now closed again. Uh-oh. And evidently locked, somehow. 
Spirit, Ghosty, and Amity, you are up. Yeah, Amity runs uh, towards... What direction is towards the hallway right here? Uh, um, <laughs> um, if you'd like, you can make your way to the top of the balcony yeah, uh, yeah. where Metran and Davian are, and then sure. toward the doors. How, just tell me how much movement uh, I still have, I guess. Sure. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six to get here. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and do I hear any croaking slash knocking, or am I in the dark right now? Uh, you hear some frantic croaking, very, very faintly. Cool. And this is from the door to the north, right over here? Uh, yes, that's correct. Cool. Um, then, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Amity will very carefully <laughs> make Wait, her way are there up two the Amity's door. now? I don't know how this happens. Oh no, um, when the ghost? <laughs> I'm, we're sticking with this though. Uh, I get to cast spells twice, go. right? Um, <laughs> so you're moving over here to the opposite side or? Up to the door, yeah. Um, All right. And then I guess trying to open it, uh, but it's locked. I mean, you, yeah. Unfortunately, your free environmental interaction will not yeah. suffice. You'll need an action on your next turn. And I already used my dash action to get here, so I'm pretty much useless. But Amity will command the ghosts to rise up at the other side of the door. And it should see what's going on in there. Uh, it can indeed, as it will rise up in the center of the hall. Uh, you see Amity's ghost rise up around 10 feet behind Strahd. <laughs> uh, your ghost uh, sees, and you should be able to switch to this scene if you would like, yeah. um, Strahd, Frogthrindir, and Esmeralda. Uh, having heard Erthrandir's sentence and croaking, um, Amity's like, Ugh, um, just smack the frog. <laughs> can it can it try to smack the frog? Uh, it can try to smack the frog, sure. It can try to smack the frog. Okay, do it. that's fun. So this is like a... Um, I heard you go blind if you do that too much, though. 17 to hit. Oh my that god. Hits. <laughs> yeah, that hits. Uh, and... It's like 10 necrotic damage. Is that okay? I'll live with it. <laughs> so I assume all 10 of those were necessary to get you out of frog form. Oh, just one. I'll yeah, <laughs> so Aerith takes nine additional necrotic damage. You have to make a wisdom saving throw, even though it probably won't be relevant. Um, uh, 18. All right, then back, just back down through the floor for now. Um, yeah, you're fine. Oh, thank God. Also need to make a con save. Oh yes, you're concentrating. Oh right, that's unfortunate. Sixteen, I'm fine. Yeah, you're you're still hastily hasting. Excellent. And the ghost uh, goes back down through the floor. I uh, I don't know whether this triggered AOOs since I'm still sort of looking at multiple maps, but. Uh, uh you know what? Sure. Uh, Strahd will take his AOO against your spirit. Aghast. Actually, no, wait, let me take a look at this. No, he's not going to fucking bother. Cool. It will live forever. Um, and that's our <laughs> turns. All right. At the end of your spirits... Sorry, at the end of... Because uh, your, your spirit goes after you, right? That's right. I, I went, then my spirit went. All right. So, uh, and you're still concentrating on uh, haste, right? Uh, I am, yes. 
Is the Blade Song still active? Yes. Unfortunate. All right, in that case, Strahd will use his legendary action to yeet 60, uh, 30 feet back. And with that, he will bow with a dramatic sweep of his arm and smile. It seems that your friends are more resourceful than I had thought. Let the hunt truly begin. And I think that is a good opportunity to take a break. Please. Oh my god. Ah. <laughs> Can we take like a three hour break to strategize? <laughs> uh, you will get 15 minutes. Aerith will be speaking nothing but frog noises for the rest of the episode, I hope you know. Yes, please. Would you like a nice fly? I would. Frog Thrindir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. We will pick this back up, as always, after a quick 15-minute break. Stay on the edge of your seats, and we'll be right back. 